Henry Bettencourt. Welcome back to the pod, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes. Excited to be here as always. Your third appearance My third on No Doubter. You're on the three plus appearance club. Third so. time's a charm. Yeah. Third time's it's a, a charm. It's a rare club so far. So enjoy it oh. while you've got the. Uh, <laughs> I, I the, do uh, enjoy it. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Enjoy while you have the accolade. Last time you were on, we did a historical deep dive on the 2011 season, <laughs> which That's Travis right. really, really enjoyed. <laughs> totally. <laughs> great memories. Well, <laughs> it was great up until the AL pennant. <laughs> yeah. Touche. Touche. Yeah. Well, Henry, we have you back because you know we interviewed you. And when we interviewed you, you told us that you were a fan of two teams, the Astros and the Braves. And it was really cool because both of those teams faced each other in the World Series. So no matter what, your team came out on top. It was a very <laughs> emotionally conflicting time for me. Yes. <laughs> you, you, you didn't lose no matter I what. I didn't lose, and... but it was also, you know, it was also who are you, who are you rooting for at any moment, but. Um, it was, you know, but I'm, I'm, you know, it's it's good for the Braves. They hadn't won in a long time, so, you know, I mean, it hadn't been since 1990. Well, you know, the 90s, actually 95. Sorry, though, it's been 99 since they'd been in it. 95 since they won it, and you know, it's good to see. So, mm-hmm. exactly, they won. They won fair and square. Um, Solaire hit that homer, and once he did that, it was just it was I, downhill it, from there. It was <laughs> downhill from there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, congrats Speaking to the Braves. Topics that are sensitive for Barry. <laughs> I know, and it was great. <laughs> We're covering all the bases. Exactly. But it's yeah. okay. We'll get to sensitive Braves topics very shortly. Oh, uh, we will. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, when they won, I mean, nobody really gave them the credit. But I remember talking to you about filling out like the postseason brackets. Yeah. And you were telling me, you were like, don't knock on the Braves just because they're, you know, yeah, they barely won well, the because division. They had, so I felt like they had really underachieved for most of 2021. Yes. And they, Anthropolis, like just AA had re- completely rebuilt that team. Like he bought, brought in that whole new outfield and it was just playing. Differently. Yeah. <laughs> it was playing completely differently than it had been before. And there's that, that effect. I, I don't remember which sports writer where like when they lose the best player, the whole team gets better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like when they lost Acuna, they all, everybody stepped up. It's like addition by subtraction or yeah. what, I forget what, there's another term that refers to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, cause it forced it, it forced them to get creative and be like, well, if we want to go for this, we need to really rethink how we're doing this. Right. And so when they brought in those guys and they brought in jock, they bring in Solaire, they bring in Rosario. Right. Yes. And then Max Fried pitches out of his mind for the rest <laughs> of the regular season. And then you still have Charlie Morton and yes. Ian Anderson. And, you know, the bullpen came through and it all just kind of clicks and they survive, get through the Phillies. And I mean, I going to the playoffs, like I told you, Barrett, like I got, you know, don't sleep on them because the Brewers had two good starters, but they couldn't hit. <laughs> exactly. And the Braves were hot. And so I just, you know, I didn't think they were going to lose. I thought they had a good chance that round, but then when they beat the Dodgers and then the Astros, it just exceeded my expectations at that point. Um, I know. And, you know. 
Yeah, and with a 12-team playoff this year, yeah. it's going to be really interesting to yeah, see. It's going <laughs> to get wild. It's going to get crunk, as the kids would say. Oh, yes. <laughs> totally crunk. <laughs> yes. In, in true ATL fashion, it's going to get crunk. It's going to get crunk. <laughs> <laughs> Party in the ATL, baby. So, yeah, um, you know, we got to kind of... Uh, preview or just kind of recap what has happened and we want to start with their offseason henry talk to us about what the braves did uh what they didn't do what you think they should have done however whichever way you want to go about it well talk about your thoughts on their offseason <laughs> two words Freddie Freeman. <laughs> um, the man who got away. The man who got away. Or was it the Braves who got away from Freddie? You know what I mean? The cold shoulder, the ghosting. Well, maybe. I think it was, you know, the, the that negotiation. I think I, I, I re, I've read a lot of articles about it. I feel like, you know, obviously I'm not Freddie Freeman. I'm not the Braves front office. But it seemed like the Braves wanted five years. Yes. They were like, look, Paul Goldschmidt got five years, right? I think he got $120, $125 million. I don't remember the exact number. But mm -hmm. they're like, look, Freddie Freeman, you're a fantastic first baseman. You're a good player, but you are on par with Paul Goldschmidt in a lot of metrics, right? So we want to mm -hmm. give you an equivalent deal. Freddie Freeman wanted that sixth year, right? Yes. He was adamant about it. That's where his line in the sand was. And I feel like their lines in the sand were always hmm. – there was always a gap and I feel like it never really closed. Um, and I, I think the Braves knew what they wanted and Freddie knew what he wanted. And, you know, they came, it came down to that ultimatum ulti ultimately where it was, you know, where the, where Freddie's agent came in and said, you either need to give sign up for one of these two options. Like this is it. You have an hour ago. And I feel like the Braves GM called their bluff and traded for Matt Olson. Yes. Yes. And extended him. Yeah, and then extended him. <laughs> exactly. Monstrously. Yo, yeah. So, um, so I feel like when when I think about that Freddie Freeman thing, um, with that whole saga, it's disappointing. Um and sad, but also, you know, as Chipper like, you know, Chipper Jones took a lot of pay cuts to stay mm -hmm. with Atlanta yes. in his playing career. Um, he could have gone to other places and gotten these big contracts and gotten big money, and he mm -hmm. didn't ever choose to do that. And so I feel like as a as a Braves fan, you know, if Freddie really wanted to make that sacrifice too, he could have. But, you know, for whatever reason, it just didn't work out like that. Yeah, so, you know, I, I don't think Freeman was of the same mindset as Correa. Correa's mindset was clearly, I oh, want yeah. to be Correa the highest was, paid yeah. player period end of story yeah i think freeman wasn't that extreme but at the same yeah. time you know he wanted to get paid what he thought he was worth yeah he wanted that sixth year i think i really feel like it came down to the year because the mm. braves offered them more money with five but he, i feel like it was just that sixth year but then he ends up getting a contract that isn't you know when you add up all the math on it isn't what you thought it was going to be. So yeah. I remember Barry, I think we were talking about it and was like, man, this has got to be huge for him to be holding out this long. And then it was, yeah. it, it, it wasn't. So yeah. I guess, I guess if you can't play for a team that, um, you know, you've been playing for your whole career. Next best thing is like, like Freeman said, it's time to go home. LA. Exactly. And so, so he went home. And so, you know, 
can't blame him for that. Oh um, yeah. You know, I, I wish him the best, but from a Braves perspective, we now have Matt Olson. And so we're moving forward with that. Matt Olson, we will get into his individual stats um, when we do the breakdown of the lineup, but let's just say that just from a pure number standpoint, I mean, it's not like the Braves are getting screwed over. <laughs> you have oh. a younger guy. He's younger, and his stats are, you know, they are pretty copper- yeah. comparable. I mean, I would say, you know, if you compare the two, they're both plus defenders. Um, it's just Freddie's a stronger contact guy, and Olsen's a stronger power guy. I feel like if you, that's really what it comes down to. Um, so, but he hit what thirty nine homers last year in Oakland. Uh, yes, he did. And now he's not playing in Oakland. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so... AKA the trash can. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, yeah, it's not nicknamed that. I just named, nicknamed it because it's a monstrosity. Yes, the, I, I was like, are we going for like an Astros thing here? I was like, where, where are we going with that trash can reference? But. Yeah. Um, but no, so, I mean, they get a guy who's a great first baseman and then they, he's four and a half years younger than Freeman and they extend him. Yeah. You're, they're extending the young guy and cause you're going to get, he's got more years left in the yeah, tank. You get more bang for your buck with the guy. And, yes. you know, they gave up prospects, you know, yes. Christian, uh, you know, they had the Christian, I'm going to butcher his name. I feel like, but Christian Posh, who was a good center fielder, but he was kind of, you know, he was drifting. It seems like in the way that some prospects come when they come up, it's like, wow, five tools, man, this is going to be amazing. And then the glove takes more control than the, than the bat. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And you kind of get more of a glove speed guy than you get more of like a five tool kind of player. Um, and I know, so that was, so maybe, you know, you don't really lose a lot with that, but Billy Bean has a history of getting these types of guys and, making them work in ways that you wouldn't have expected. Um, yeah. I know the uh, Astros had, didn't, I think we, the Astros had a center fielder who they traded <laughs> to Oakland. He was a, like a double a guy, like I can't remember how to say his name, but I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but you know, he has a history of doing that. And I think he'll be successful with those guys coming in. Uh, but I think for the Braves, it's a shoe in. They get eight years with all-star first baseman that's starting in his twenties. So, Great sign. Like, I think that was a great business move. It wasn't the easiest emotional move, I would imagine, as a GM, but it made a lot of business sense. Oh, yeah. You can't, at the end of the day, you can't, I mean, I can't fault him for doing what he did. Yes, they made the decision with their head and not with their heart. Yeah. So, So, Henry, overall, did the Braves get older or younger this (laughs) offseason? I don't know the answer to that. Do you know the answer to that, Trev? I don't. I'm asking you. I'm just curious. I uh, I just kind of have. I mean, I feel like it's a push because you know they get Olsen, so they get younger there, but then they sign Kenley Jansen and Colin McHugh. Kenley, yeah. So you know, you need a mix of the of everything. Yeah, veterans, young guys. It's a bit. I feel like it's a bit of a mix. I mean, I'm not sitting here being like, oh, they've like signed 35 year olds all over the field, and now they're old. Nor have they gone out and brought up a bunch of 22 year olds up from triple a 
right? <laughs> yeah. So it's a little yeah. bit of both. I'm just kind of thinking through this and like, like referencing another sport. I'm thinking back to my Dallas Mavericks back after the 2011 championship when they won that. And then they, yeah. that team was pretty old. And so Mark Cuban just completely <laughs> blew that up. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, threw it like for several years, a bunch of like young guys and not, not young guys, actually more like older kind of role player guys around Dirk, just not, not committing to, giving really anybody like deep contracts or anything like that. And I'm just trying to think like how, how comparable of a situation that is to, uh, to, to the Braves here. It's like, Hey, you get this championship. Uh, Are you willing to have a little bit of give and, and try something different kind of moving on now and not like bind yourself, uh, bind yourself contract wise moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'd say that's a push because you look at their roster, they still have Ronald Acuna and they still have Ozzy Albies. Um, they still have Austin Riley. Mm-hmm. You know, they still have Max Freed. They still, Ian Anderson. They, you know, they still have the young guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right? They didn't like completely no, grenade I, the, the court. They, well, because they, they made record profits. Yes. So <laughs> there's no need for them to do that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they, they, I mean, I feel like that's where the money to get Kenley Jansen came from, was from mm-hmm. record profits. Oh, yeah. Postseason I mean, I don't money, think maybe. without that, they would have gone and gotten Ken, Kenley. They could they could have definitely gotten Colin McHugh, and they definitely picked up, uh, you know, Kirby Yates, who's coming off injury on a, you know, on a contract. But, yeah, Kenley, they, I feel like Kenley Jansen money is World Series profit money. So, oh, yeah. you know. You gotta um, keep you gotta keep the good times going. So yeah, overall, so I would say they're they're not stripping anything down, and they're they're reloading, and yeah. building for more years in the future to be playing in more LCSs and maybe more World Series. So yep, and in that first month, uh, less than two weeks after opening day, they will play the Los Angeles Dodgers for a three-game series in LA. Uh, <laughs> let yeah. me just say, both it was so satisfying. <laughs> when the Braves knocked the Dodgers out of the NLCS, both as an Astros fan and as a Braves fan. Yes. It was very satisfying Dodgers. from two different directions. So that will be a fun series to watch. Yes, and it'll also be more fun in June, the June 24th to the 26th, the Dodgers come to Atlanta to play, and they will have to give Freddie the reception he deserves. <laughs> I'll fix your own. You know. <laughs> make, a, make the video... On the, well, he's a, on the screen. Freddie's a good guy. I mean, it, I he feel like, again, guy. it's just that five, six year thing. I mean, it's yeah. at, at the end of the day, it's a business. That's a business difference. It doesn't mean that everybody involved is a horrible person. I mean, everybody involved seems like they, they did their best. And I hope that when Freddie comes back, <laughs> that they give him a good round of applause. This isn't, I this better. isn't Albert Pujols <laughs> coming back to Houston after he hit that home run in 2005. You know, and he got booed for I don't know the next decade in Houston. So yes, um, this this isn't Josh Hamilton making a move and uh, calling his old town not a baseball town or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, as long as Freeman doesn't go that far, I think he'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, yeah, let's let's yeah, he's too nice of a guy. I forgot Josh Hamilton did that. Oh jeez, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that guy went off the deep end, but that's another story for another day. Another story. <laughs> yes. Anyway, bye bye, Freddie Freeman. Enter 
Matt Olson, who we will give extra special attention to him. But uh, it is time to get down to the nitty gritty to preview the 2022 Atlanta Braves roster. We're going to be doing it component by component. And we got to start with a facet of the, the, the roster. A team is only as good as their pitchers arguably and we got to start with the rotation henry give us your projecting started starting five and why should we care about them well they won the world series okay okay there we go from a broken leg move on to the next position group i was like there we go folks we can move on to the next position group they won yeah, the world series we're, we're set. <laughs> that's all you need to know yes. that's all you need to know yes. but so the the braves have their own version of their top three now which is max freed charlie morton and ian anderson mm-hmm. um, max freed as i earlier mentioned had a tremendous end of the regular season last year. Uh, I don't remember the exact stats there in the last few months, but he was pitching out of his mind. Yes. And ended with a 304 ERA and 14 wins. And behind him, you have a close personal friend of Astros fans also. Yes. Charlie Morton. Yes. A man Seems who, as, as we will again remind the audience, pitched on a broken leg. In a World Series game. Yes. We'll let that did. sink in. Exactly. Um, Mr. Clutch <laughs> himself ended up the uh, season with a 3-3-4 ERA and 14 wins also. And then b- backing them up, the young Ian Anderson, who had a 355, uh, sorry, 358 ERA in the regular season, only had 24 games started. Uh, I know he had some injury issues, but came through big in the postseason along with the other two guys. So that's really when you talk about the Braves rotation, that is the um, that's it. I mean, that's like in terms of like what's going to push everybody over the line. That's mm-hmm. really what that's the backbone of the team of the yes. starting rotation, at least um, behind them. You have um, Wasker Anoa, mm-hmm. who was a solid starter last year till, if I recall correctly, broke his hand mm-hmm. and then was out for an extended period of time. Now he ended up with a 405 ERA. He was kind of he wasn't quite the same pitcher when he came back, but I feel like they've got enough holes in the back two slots that I don't see how he doesn't get another shot going into the regular season. Um, behind that, I I feel like the number five is a big toss-up, but I personally have Kyle Wright in there. Only mm-hmm. if only because of how he pitched in triple A last in uh, the Meyer Leagues last year. And also how he pitched in a World Series last year. And I was just reading an article from MLB.com about how his confidence has really grown. And I feel like with somebody like that who's really growing in confidence and he has something like that, you might as well give him a shot. You know, you, I mean, it, you can only gain from it and he can only gain from it. So you might as well roll the dice and see what he can do. But of course, there's other options I know there, but I'm not going to go too in depth with the other minor league options and the other younger pitchers that the Braves have in their organization. But I will note, as Barrett noted before the podcast, <laughs> that Mike Sorka has will be back at some point in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. And, and so he, if he comes the back, X factor. You now have four really solid starters. Now, having watched all these postseason runs, I think it's fair to be cautious about how about. Braves pitchers and injuries going into the year. Mm 
Mm. Um, anytime you have teams making deep runs, I feel like you always have that potential because they, they ate up all those extra innings. You always have that potential to lose guys in the year after a big playoff run. So yes. if Mike comes back and they lose, you know, Ian Anderson, then you still have three. If not, you lose none of them and he comes back, you have four, right? But no matter what, and I, I read, I just read an article about Mike and it sounds like his, his Achilles is healing a lot better this time. It sounds like whatever the issue was when it tore the second time, they fixed it. So I, I, I'm personally optimistic that he's going to be able to pitch. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of time and letting him come out. But I think that the Braves really have a really solid starting rotation overall. Yes. What grade would you give the rotation? I'd give them like a, I'd, I'd say an B plus mm-hmm. to an A minus. But if Mike comes back and they're all healthy, I'd say it's a solid A rotation at that point. There you go. You can't argue with that. And really, it's a it's a rotation that is going to be um, underrated. I think the Braves as a whole were underrated. And I think yeah. even despite the fact that they lost that, that they won the World Series, they're in the same division as the Dodd, the Mets. And everybody's going to be like, oh, Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's like, well, I mean, then these guys are just going to quietly just do their job. Max well, Reed. Morton, yeah, Anderson, and that's gonna... what they did last year, and that's what they did in the playoffs. Like, like you said, they snuck up on everybody because they're not in a New York media market. Yes, and it, they're kind of like the Giants. The Giants, they yeah. won the NOS, and they were just like, it wasn't flashy, but they were just like, get the job done, do the little yeah. things. And I feel like this rotation is just going to do that too. I mean, yeah. no, nobody gives Charlie Morton the respect he deserves. That I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I remember that from when he was on the Astros. I feel the same way when he's on the Braves now. It's just like he just flies <laughs> under the radar. But he, I know, he's so good. <laughs> he is. God, so he is um, such a beast. He is so, a beast, and we love uh, him. All right, so we got a B plus, A minus rotation. So, so far, so good. But now we got to go to the most underrated component of any roster, which is the relievers. So, um, start ratting off names, um, you know, playmakers who are going to come in, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth inning projected closer for the the Braves. So, I'll turn the floor over to you, man. All right, well... This is very now. This one, this is a solid A. I'm just gonna say it right now. This yeah, there you go. Is stacked. This is not. Yes. You don't need to think about it. You just need to hear it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen is closing, and if yes. he pitches the way he pitched last year, that's a very good thing. Yes. Behind him, you have Colin McHugh, who has mm-hmm. turned into a phenomenal reliever. Um, AJ Minter, Will Smith. Tyler Matzik and and Luke Jackson. You have such a stacked, stacked bullpen. Because the bullpen last year for the Braves is what pushed them over the line. Mm-hmm. Right? And But now it's just gotten even stronger, I feel like. I it's know. just even more stacked. And, and, and on top of that, as I mentioned, Kirby Yates is coming in mm-hmm. at some point, assuming his injury, you know, his injury healing goes well, and he'll be back. And now yes. all of a sudden, now you're just overflowing with bullpen options at that point. <sighs> Jeez. But again, if you're the Braves and you're thinking about all the wear and tear that was on the starters last year, this is a way to help alleviate that. And it's also a way to help alleviate the questions at the back end of the rotation, right? 
because you can, if you have this solid A bullpen, you can afford to have a little bit of a B plus A minus, you know, kind of rotation and still be very competitive. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, as of now, Kirby H is on the 60 day IL. So let's hope that once that 60 day comes up, you know, he's ready to go because the more the merrier, uh, I think you can just, um, you know, Brian Snicker can just deploy them um, at, his, at his leisure. But yeah, I think, I think uh, when I was watching the Astros face the, the Braves, their bullpen was especially good in the World Series. I don't think the Astros really, they never really lit it up against the Braves no. in the World Series. It's because, and uh, I think the two games they won were like, like what, one or two runs each. I don't remember the score, but it's just like once the relievers came in, they kept them at bay. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's what they did with the Dodgers too. Luke Jackson had some issues against the Dodgers, but he he was able to right the ship during the playoffs. I mean, it, it was Matzik, um, Jesse Chavez, um, AJ Minter were a lot. I mean, Tyler Massett, Matzik came in. I don't know if y'all remember this in game six of the NLCS and, you know, runners in scoring position, the game's on the line. He strikes out three guys in a row. Wow. Three of the best Dodger hitters. He just mows them down. <laughs> you know, he comes into a pressure packed NLCS game six situation and mows them down. So th- this is a stack bullpen that is going to be able to do things. Wow. I mean, that's insane. I mean, you look at their stats. I mean, they're basically Will Smith, Canley Jansen, Tyler Matzik, McHugh, Jackson, Minter. They're all sub four ERAs. Exactly. And, and they all have like 70, roughly 75% left on base percentage. Uh, they all have uh, strikeouts per nine rates, like, in you know, upwards of 10 and, and their FIP is all, they're all sub four FIPs. Um, they pitch a lot a of innings. Exactly. Uh, yes, yes. They have a bullpen four of sub four fifths. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, it's it's scary, man. So that's awesome. Um, before we get into the lineup, um, what is your opinion on Brian Snickers' um, use of deploying uh, pitchers or pitcher management? What do you mean exactly? Uh, uh, what like what are your thoughts on his uh, decision process when it comes to pulling starters, putting in relievers? Are the relievers is he? Honestly, I don't yeah. have a huge. I mean, I mean, he got a lot of decisions right in the playoffs. Yeah, honestly, I mean the the guy did a good job of knowing when to pull people out. Now, yeah, he he fortunately didn't have a situation like AJ Hinch did where he pulled Grinky early mm, in 2019. Right. He did. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he, he, he was fortunate to have a lot of guys. I have a lot of weapons and he also will once again, have a lot of weapons at his disposal. So I don't, I personally don't have a lot of issue with Brian Snickers bullpen and pitching management. I actually think that he did better than dusty in the world Ooh. series specifically. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to have to hundred percent agree with you with that. Dusty, although Dusty's management wasn't that bad, I think the bottom line is the Braves, they came to play and they performed yeah. better, but yep. Dusty's could have been a little better and that might've helped, but I think the Braves would have won regardless, but, yeah. um, but no, yeah, it's good because when you have so many bullpen options, it's hard to screw it up. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, when you've got when you know who your three guys are going to be seven, eight, nine, and then you have Jesse Chavez and AJ Minter, who were guys who were able to pitch. You know, Chavez was able to open games, and then Minter's able to come in and pitch multiple innings. And you have guys like that that are filling holes, and then you have Morton and Freed who can pitch six innings. Your math becomes pretty simple at a certain point. Yes, it's just like you have a plethora of options, and yeah. none of them are bad. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, there were definitely times. The more we talk about this, I remember where like he, I feel like he could have pulled people faster. But I mean, the Wonder World Series. So I'm not going to sit here and knock a guy who's the Wonder World Series. <laughs> so, exactly. He must have done something right. <laughs> oh man, Sam, man, it's just so so far so good. Like B plus, A minus rotation, solid A relief pitching, and now. We get to the moment that we've all been waiting for. These are the people who bring the butts to the seats. These are the people who everybody loves. The most, arguably the most overrated portion of a of a roster, but nonetheless, it is one that you need. It is the one that everybody loves and loves, and it is the lineup. And we're going to go about this position by position, coming in hot with a the number two player because all the positions have numbers. You start off a pitcher. But the number two position is the catcher, and that catcher is Travis Darno. <laughs> you want to you you want to talk about Travis Darno and just his stats, and or just you know why? I mean, what are your thoughts and opinions? I like Travis Darno. <laughs> yes, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean Travis Darno is a solid catcher. You know, he had. You know, his offense is a little up and down. Um, you know, it was more up in 2020 um, and 2019. But I, you know, 2021, I know he had that injury when they were playing, I think, the Blue Jays. And I think he, you know, I think it was kind of tough for him coming back from it. But he's a solid catcher. You can't go wrong with him. If he goes back to how he was hitting in the years before that, I mean, that's just an even bigger plus. But, you know, yeah, you can't go wrong with him behind the plate. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, according to Fangraphs, two forty-seven batting average, three eleven on-base percentage, four thirteen slugging, one point seven wins above replacement. Uh, you know, catchers—they're not going to be the big sluggers. Not everyone is Salvador Perez, but as far as numbers per, per uh, where first... did that come from? By the way, we're not going to get into that. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we just talked about the AL Central the other day on another show, so that's <laughs> well, I will well, go listen to it and find out. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. Salvador Perez broke not Johnny Bench's uh, home run, single season yeah. home run record for a catcher last year. Yeah. No big deal. I mean, Travis no Salvador Perez is a beast. Well, um, Travis Darno is not quite that good at hitting, but he's still a very solid catcher, and a World Series team would be happy to have him behind the plate. Exactly. So so far so good, and now. We're going to go to the rising star, uh, the one who we alluded to, the number three position, uh, the man who they traded for and that they cashed in. They're going all in on their new guy who's going to be at the first base position, the 27-year-old Matt Olsen. Well, as we have described, I believe, I think, I think he had a 5.7 war last year. I don't remember which side I saw that off of. On fame, perhaps it's 4.4. Okay. It might have been baseball reference, but he, in either case, he had a very solid war last year. He had a stat line of 271 batting average, 371 slugging percentage. Oh, sorry, 371 
on base percentage and 540 slugging percentage with 39 Dang. homers. Again, playing in Oakland. Yes. Emphasize that point. So you've got a guy who hits for power, who drives and runs, who's mm-hmm. a plus defender. Can't go wrong there. Solid <laughs> guy. No, two-time Gold Glover, one-time All-Star, uh, 5.8 wins above replacement according to Baseball Reference, one fifty-three OPS plus, which that is ridiculous. I and mean, does anybody a- else here have a one fifty-three OPS plus? <laughs> I, I I don't think so. I mean, I, I, <laughs> not off the top I mean, of my head. Uh, Acuna, Acuna probably. When well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll eventually get to him, but I mean, golly, Braves fans. Yeah, you're sad that Freeman left, but your but team you're, you're you're in good hands, and you got you are in years. good hands. Oh. Eight years. This guy is a power lefty, and it, it, it it's funny because it's out with one lefty in with another lefty, <laughs> and it's all that first base. So I know you can make it work, right? So yep. ah, that guy he's gonna shine. And moving from first base on over the second base, uh the man, the speed demon, the man who stole a base and stole a taco in the World <laughs> Series. I'm of course talking about Ozzy Albies. The man who um <laughs> switch hits and crushes lefties. Just like he crushes tacos. <laughs> hey, I crushed oh. a taco on his <laughs> that day and it was it was good. It was a Doritos Locos taco and it was the first time I've been to Taco Bell and you know who knows how long. I mean, I'm probably going to run the Taco Bell after we're done recording tonight cuz I haven't eaten yet, <laughs> but I'm just saying there's better tacos <laughs> out there uh, to, to eat. So in Atlanta, Taco Bell might be the most digestible tacos that you can find. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Ooh. I went to Atlanta several years ago with some friends, and the uh, the Mexican food there wasn't exactly the most stellar I've ever had on planet Earth. Throwing shade. Take note, people from Atlanta. <laughs> well, uh, but back to Ozzy, a great all-around second baseman, a switch hitter. Can't go wrong with him. Um, his stat line last year, if I'll pull it up, 259 batting average, 311 slugging. Sorry, it's 311 on base percentage, 488 slugging percentage, um, 30 homers, 106 RBIs, 40 doubles. I I mean that speaks for itself. So, yeah, you know he's a three win player for a second baseman. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. So, so. you're you're looking good so far on the right side of the infield. Mm-hmm. Yep. Moving on over to the left side, third baseman Austin Riley. I mean, again, another solid player who hit three. I mean, who who finally broke through, hits 300, sorry, 303 batting average, 367 on base percentage, 531 slugging percentage, 33 homers, 107 RBIs, 33 doubles, a walk-off hit in the NLCS, lots of postseason success for him, and, you know, decent defense on the, uh, on that, on the hot corner. So, once again, the Braves are looking very good. There you go. Uh, Tim. According to Fangraphs, 272 batting average, 338 on uh, base percentage, 502 slugging. Another three-win player. So, again, you just got these guys with high wins above replacement, and it's just the good times. They just keep on coming. And that moves us on over to our last infielder, the man who has just – his locks are the envy of the world, <laughs> and that is Dansby Swanson. I feel like I'm on a repeater. Another solid player. 
<laughs> solid defender, solid hitter. His batting average was a little low last year. I mean, his strikeout totals were maxed out at 167, which also <laughs> Riley's were at 168. So I failed to mention that. But last year, hit 248, 311, 449, 27 homers, 88 RBIs. You know, his own postseason success. It's a great infield. It's a great infield. All right. And I don't yes. think you can get around that. Yeah, Stancy Stronson is pretty underrated. His OPS plus yeah. is 97, which is technically below average. But uh, do not throw shade at this man. Uh, he showed up in the postseason. Yeah. He is capable of being clutch. And so yeah. I, I don't consider him a bad shortstop by any stretch. It's a solid shortstop. He's not He's not Matt Olson level at first base or Austin Riley level at third base, but he is still a very – or Ozzy at second base, but he's still a very good player. And a very good way to round out that infield. Mm-hmm, exactly. So now we move on to the outfield. And this is where things get a little interesting. Yes. Because you have the return of Marcel Ozuna. But you still have Eddie Rosario. So decisions, decisions. Henry, who do you think is ultimately going to be the opening day starter at left field? Well, you know that likely Duvall's in center. Okay. So when you build from there, I think uh, I know they signed Alex Dickerson, who was more of a role player with the Giants, I believe, last year. So I I think that I feel like you got to stick Rosario and right and Marcel and left. Or if, yeah, I, I'm not sure what Dickerson's fielding stats looks like, but if you have him, you could push him into right and push Rosario to left and then put Marcel at DH. But it's all a stopgap until the man. Acuna yes. reappears. reappears and then that solves your right field problem. It solves <laughs> a lot of these issues. You can put Rosario back and left. You put Marcel over to the DH and everything falls into place at that point. It'll be a little dicey, but once I think once Acuna comes in, that outfield will really round into form. So as of now, Acuna is, he's day to day, uh, obviously, you know, recovering from the ACL injury. Um, But, um, you know, let's just, I mean, um, let's just fast forward to a time when Acuna is in. So let's just pretend Acuna comes back. Who are your, who are your other uh, starting outfielders? I think, I, I think Duvall's still in there. I think Acuna's in there. And I think Rosario's in there. I think Azuna is the weakest defender. Okay. Um, I think that's the guy that's got to go first to the DH mm-hmm. role, which is now available yes. to all National League teams. Exactly. So that's that would be my call: is get Azuna out off the field as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I, I think he's the weakest defender of the of the three that are available of the three starting caliber outfielders that are available as of now. There you go. Yeah. And of course, um, you know, just kind of flip flopping between them. I mean, Acuna is Acuna. He's a top five player in the MLB. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. when com- so when he comes back, uh, you know, throw him in. <laughs> Throw him in, baby. Uh, he's just gonna light it up with the world. Uh, you know, you gotta get Ozuna. You gotta get him, get him out of the, out of the. You gotta get him out of the outfield like he got out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna oh. leave that joke there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was thinking it on the fly. You gotta get him out 
<laughs> the outfield yeah. like you get him out of the house <laughs> with a straining order. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, going off the rails. Uh A57 <laughs> a night and the wheels have fallen off. <laughs> yes, uh but hey, I mean it's it's kind of like when the Astros they had yeah. that closer and I forget his name, the domestic <laughs> abuser, but I mean well. Roberto Ozuna. <laughs> yes, yes, Roberto Ozuna. It is what it is. I mean, yeah. it's gonna it's shady, but but no, um, but yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. you are you say what you're gonna say. I mean, Rosario, that guy absolutely lit it up in the postseason. Oh he yeah, that NLCS good. reminded me it I, I hadn't seen, I mean, he was just playing out of his mind. Yes, and it was like like you he got up and you just knew it was like you just knew he was gonna get a hit. Yeah. It, it's just incredible. I, I remember that game six homer he hit to put the Braves up four to one. I mean, he's down two strikes against Walker Bueller, and I'm sitting yeah. here. I'm like, why not? Because <laughs> he's been hitting so well. You just you know, and and he even said that his the Braves were one of his top choices, and he just he, he really loved his brief time with the Braves, and he's mm-hmm. sounds like he's really glad to be back. So. And as a Braves fan, I'm glad that he's back too because <laughs> he played phenomenally. So, yeah, you know, I mean, his stats don't scream, you know, uh, good. And I mean, he would, I mean, according to Fangraphs, he had a 0.3 wins above replacement, but I think he's just going to absolutely blow that out of the water and play much like he did in the postseason. Uh, you go on over to Adam Duvall, and again, his stats don't scream playmaker, but that guy showed up as well. So Yeah, it's it's interesting when I think about the Braves last year. They reminded me a lot of, if y'all were like the 2010 Giants, where mm. they were, they kind of like, they, they took this like ragtag kind of group and just like, <laughs> just like mashed it together. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry, Travis does remember that. Oh, no. i I vaguely kind of remember that yeah they kind of flew under the radar that year yeah they they you know i mean i remember they got like like pat burrell at the end of his career and a couple you know it was so i it just kind of reminded me of a team that you know the 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 sum of the team together was greater than perhaps the parts were apart and that's when i think about the 2021 braves especially in the postseason that's what i think about is it's just a team that had the the right place at the right time they got hot you know, the teams that they faced had, you know, the Dodgers were out of gas. Scherzer was was toasted. And then um, and then they got the Astros and McCullers was out. And so, you know, got to be happy about it. <laughs> Can't complain. Uh, yeah. But... yeah, there you go. And much like the American League, I feel like the DH position, they'll just use it for the players to give them off days. There's yeah. going to be a lot of switcheroo back and forth. But yeah, but yeah, I think we get the gist of the outfielders who they're going to be trading in and out to, yeah. with Ozuna in the mix. Um, so we come to the end. What grade would you? <laughs> okay, Barrett. Sorry, the question cut out. Oh. No, man, I'm sorry. Uh, what grade would you give the lineup? Ah, what grade would I give the lineup? I think. It's either A minus to an A. I mean, it's a really solid lineup. You've got 400, like 450 plus slugging percentages all the way down. 
Uh, it's a little, I think it's a little light on, on base percentage and at, at certain mm-hmm. points and you've got some yeah. high strikeout totals with Dansby and Austin, but I think it's still one of the best lineups in the national league. I feel like, you know, this is, this is not a lineup that you're going to you, that you want to mess around with, especially when Acuna comes back. You oh, know, yeah. I, I mean, I got to go a minus on it. I, I think, you know, just like with the rotation, I'd say like probably a minus before Acuna, but with when Acuna comes back, this is just, this is a tough lineup to deal with because oh, I remember yeah. last year they had Dansby all the way down. At the end. <laughs> and he has a four, four, was it a four forty nine slugging percentage? I mean, you get to the end, you're like, Oh, I can finally relax. And Oh wait, no, <laughs> <laughs> nope. You so, cannot. I'll go, I'll go a minus. Now Acuna comes back. I'll go a, there you That's go. Fair. Acuna makes that much of a difference. So here we are. So far, so good. But ultimately, the final question, Henry, how what do you th- how do you think the Braves are going to do this 2022 season? <laughs> I think that they're still the favorite to win the NL East. I know that'll disappoint some New Yorkers. Yeah. Um, and perhaps ESPN. But I don't think that um, – look, and I was telling Barrett this earlier. The Phillies added some guys, right? They get Schwarber. Um, they get Castellanos, right? You know, they've got a stacked lineup. The Mets add Scherzer. They've got this – you know, they add uh, they add the guy from the Athletics Bassett. And, I mean, so they've got – you know, so now you look at the Phillies, they can hit. The Mets, they can pitch. But can the Phillies pitch and can the Mets hit? And that is my – feeling that the Braves are the most complete team still in that division. And I don't think that in good faith, I can sit here and say that they're not the favorite to win this division. Cause I think they are the favorite to win the division. And I think that's the most likely outcome here. Mm-hmm. All right. So they win a division, they go to the playoffs. How far did they ultimately go? <laughs> well, now that's the new format. It's hard to, because <laughs> it depends on if they're the, the one of the two best division winners. Um, which is going to come down to how much do the Phillies and Mets beat up on the Braves throughout the year and pull them down. And if they get stuck in a three game playoff, but I think ultimately like all teams since the nineties Yankees, they will likely fail to repeat. (laughs) I just, I can't, you know, even those, the Dodgers couldn't do it. The Astros couldn't do it. I just don't (laughs) see how the Braves are going to be able to do it. I love the Braves, but it's, it's 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 tough to say that they're gonna do this, and especially with the Dodgers having fully reloaded. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough ask. So I think I think ultimately the Braves are gonna be able to win one or two round, one two three rounds. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the LCS again against the Dodgers, and you have another one of these grudge matches. It wouldn't surprise me at all. But I think if the Dodgers stay healthy. It's gonna be a really tough ask for them to do this a second time. Now, of course, Mike could like you know Mike Sorka could come back and Acuna can come back, and then all of a sudden this looks like a completely different, completely different animal, right? Mm-hmm. But I think right now I would say the Braves make it to an LCS and lose. That would be my my prediction for them. Ah, uh, man, yes, my uh, objective prediction, not what right. I would want emotionally, but objectively, what I think is most likely. <laughs> yeah, man. But hey, I mean, the Dodgers are always good on paper. 
Henry. They've been the best team on paper for the past like five years. And I know they've the only World Series they won was in a Mickey Mouse season. So it's just like, yeah, it's just like, are we gonna pick the Dodgers to win the World Series for like the fifth or sixth consecutive year? I mean, it's just ah, but hey, I respect your decision. Your rationale is sound as always, but let's just hope that for your sake. You are proven wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd love to be proven wrong because <laughs> I'll be happy. <laughs> so exactly. So, well, there you go. I think no matter what, they're a really, really good team, and they will be fun to watch. Yep. Atlanta, that home opener for them, it's gonna be off it's the charts. Be fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Henry, this was. This was so much fun previewing the defending champs with you. Thanks so much for coming on and for taking your time to give us the comprehensive rundown. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it, as always. In the number three appearance club. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, a rare club so far. So uh, you're you're doing well uh, being on that side of our list. Well, friends, this has been another great episode here of No Doubter. We've really enjoyed having one of our uh, favorite correspondents, Henry Betancourt, joining us again here. We could just all do us a favor. And if you're not subscribed to No Doubter already, go ahead and do so wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google. The list goes on and on. Wherever you can find podcasts, you can find us. Leave us a five-star review if you've enjoyed No Doubter so far to this point. We are on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're, uh, yeah, you can... Like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at No Doubter Pod. We'll also have an Instagram account too at No Doubter Pod. Boom and myself are on Twitter as well at BoomBostic21 and at Travis Lawfully. We have a Patreon account set up uh, that we would love for you all to check out here. We have two people that we really want to recognize in this space. First off, being our longest standing patron, Mr. Tab Bostic, and then our newest patron producer as part of being at the legend level, Mr. Don Hale. Thank you all so much. You all really helped make sure that this, uh, that this program keep, can keep going. Uh, we invite you all to take a look at it as well. Uh, for just $2 or $5 a month, you can get into one of our uh, lowest tiers, uh, both the, uh, the prospect and rookie levels. Uh, that just, uh, like I said, helps us, uh, helps us continue to be able to produce this content. And we can start building a deeper relationship with you all in terms of giving you all priority in our mailbag, uh, giving, all, um, giving all shout outs here on this program. Uh, so we really invite y'all to take a look at that. We also have a merch store too through our partner at Tee Public. They've done a great job of producing things like mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, baseball shirts, crew neck sweaters. The list goes on and on. You can deck yourself out in no doubt or swag. Uh, be able to be out and about and have have something on uh, where somebody asks you a question. Hey, what's no doubter? You can tell them it's a, it's a hot up and coming baseball podcast. You have all those links in the description below here. Boom. What do we love to tell? our friends as we end every episode as we go into this mlb season on behalf of travis and our esteemed guest henry uh be like them be like the braves when someone doesn't say think you can amount to anything prove them wrong bat 400 and always swing for the fences we'll see y'all next time as we continue these uh previews of the divisions three down three to go um it's gonna be a good time so join us as we prepare for opening day see y'all then this episode of no doubter was produced by eric bostick and travis lockley and edited by travis bostick our logo was designed by Lindsay Silblick.